know you coming with me. Or uh, uh, what song was that? Crown? Was that Crown? Scott Boris, you over, baby. Robert Cano, you coming with me. That's one of the homo naughtiest lines I ever heard in my life, man. Like, tell another dude he's gone and he took the other. It was real weird. It was crazy. Good morning, and welcome to episode 332 of Effectively Wild, the daily podcast from Baseball Prospectus. I am Ben Lindbergh, joined as always by Sam Miller. How are you? The same. Same as yesterday, same as always. Always the same. Yep. Uh, all right, so did you bring a topic for us today? I did. I want to talk about um, Jay-Z and... Uh, well, you know, Jay-Z. Yeah, I've heard of him. Don't know him personally. Okay. So, uh, so Jay-Z, uh, I don't know, we, we and I, you and I haven't had a conversation about Jay-Z in, in baseball. And, you know, I'm not sure I've seen a, a real conversation about Jay-Z in baseball. There, there may have been some, but mostly what I see are uh, some jokes and some sort of flip comments about his role in negotiations or his role not in negotiations or, or whatever. Um, but I don't know if we've grappled really with what it means that Jay-Z is going to be in, in, in the sport now, or if it means anything. So, uh, the news hook on this is that, um, Jay-Z's, uh, well, uh, Robinson Cano's, I guess, uh, agent at CAA, which is, uh, what's representing him along with Jay-Z, who has a repu uh, who has a relationship with CAA, so it's like kind of the same thing and kind of different. Anyway, his agent from CAA was on MLB Network Radio and said that uh, Jay-Z is, quote, intimately involved in all areas of the process of Cano's contract negotiations. So not uh, just a famous name who's, uh, you know, got this big umbrella that Robinson Cano falls under, but, um, you know, according to this is going to be you know, intimately involved. So what, who knows what that means, but intimate is a strong word and involved is an, an, is an unambiguous word. So we might actually imagine that Jay-Z is actually paying attention to this. Um, and so first of all, I just want to know uh, your kind of gut feeling about this whole thing when you heard about it and what you've seen so far. Do you think Jay-Z being in baseball has any significance? Is there any possibility this is going to change the industry or do you feel like this is uh you know like a sort of a just a celebrity putting his name on a on a on a product uh i don't know maybe possibly it it could make people pay attention to baseball who would not otherwise pay attention to baseball possibly i i don't know people who are fans of jay-z and are not fans of baseball and will be interested because he is interested um, I wouldn't expect it to to really revolutionize the industry or anything. I, I think, yeah, did you read, uh, there was a Jerry Krasnick piece about 10 days ago um, that sort of tried to, tried to spin it as a rivalry between Jay-Z and Scott Boris. Did you see that? I did not um, see that. So, and I think the idea was that sort of he's challenging Boris, you know, he he had a lyric about Boris on his not so great recent album. Uh and I, I don't know. Is that is that your is that your 
Is that your assessment or Jerry Krasnick's? Because I'm not sure whose I would take less seriously. Uh, that was that was my assessment. Jerry Krasnick did not weigh in on the album quality. Um, but uh, so there's the idea that that was sort of a shot across the bow of Boris, and he's you know he's coming for Boris and everything. And we we talked about that listener email, right, where someone asked us whether we we thought it was like, you know, Boris steered Alexander Guerrero to the Dodgers to block Cano. Um, and I, I said oh, right, I thought yeah. that was unlikely, but that maybe he sort of enjoyed, enjoyed it a little bit because of that anyway. Um, so I don't know. There were, you know, quotes from people saying, oh, it's the clash of the titans and everything. I thought it was probably a, a little bit overblown. Like, I, it doesn't, I mean... Not that Boris would ever say anything that sounded like he was threatened, but uh, he he didn't. It, it, he, I'll try to find the, the exact quote, but he, I don't know, he basically said something about how he's been doing this 30 years and he's not he's not afraid of, of the new guy on the block. And, um, and I mean, Jay-Z had to get certified as, as an agent to, to be involved intimately, whatever that means. So... He is a, a real sports agent or a real baseball agent, at least. And I, I wouldn't really want him to be my my sole agent, probably, if I were about to cash in just because he's inexperienced, although he's clearly a, a very smart businessman. Um, but I would think that the combination of his sort of star power and and the expertise of more experienced agents would I mean, if I were running an agency, I would want Jay-Z to, to be the face of it or a face of it to attract clients, right? I mean, that's got to be a good move. Yeah, the well, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, we don't really care about uh, whether CAA profits from this. We're more interested in whether the players profit from, from him, uh, and that's a little bit different. I mean, once the, the, the client doesn't care if he attracts yeah. you. Uh, you're already attracted, but I uh, the, I originally started thinking about Jay Z today because I also thought, is he the guy I would want being my agent? And are we going to like look back in five months and be able to draw conclusions about whether uh, Jay Z screwed up or was incredible uh, by you know Cano's contract or whether one contract you know doesn't tell us much? But you know, then I started. I, I changed my mind. I, I actually think that we might we might conceivably be dramatically, dramatically underestimating what this means. It might mean nothing. It might be that Jay Z spins this off into a you know some profit and some access to something else and, and moves upward. But it does seem like it's conceivable that we are way, way under uh, you know underestimating what he does. And I mean, what he does is kind of incredible. Like everywhere he goes. He does seem to uh, create some new synergistic, um, uh, you know, like avenue for distribution or mm -hmm. marketing, um, and uh, I wonder what right, it like would be like if, if he you did sign that one of his clients and then you you get him first if you own a Samsung phone or something. Yeah, exactly. Anybody with a Samsung <laughs> gets phone Robinson Cano gets, before everyone else. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, yeah. So the Samsung phone is the is the most obvious. You know, it, that's the big story of of Jay Z's last year, right? He basically got Samsung to give him, you know, 
what was estimated at $20 million worth of, of free marketing. Uh, they bought a million downloads of his song before it even came out so he could sing about being platinum before it even came out. I mean, it was this huge coup for a pretty weak album from a guy who doesn't really sell that many albums, it doesn't seem to me anymore. I mean, he, does, he, he sells a lot because he's a big name, but he's not particularly relevant uh, in music the way that a lot of other rappers mm -hmm. are right now. Uh, but you know he he was extremely relevant, and so but that's what you that's sort of the story you think about with the Samsung is you know Jay Z using it to to sell his brand and to to make money. But um, there's this other twist on it, and uh, so New York Magazine wrote this great profile of Jay Z uh, and his uh, business network, which only it touched only a little bit on the the Cano stuff, um, but talked about you know wh where he's got his 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 various fingers right now. And um, so I'm just going to read for a bit. I want I wanted to read the entire thing uh, because it was it was really interesting. But it's too long. It's like four thousand <laughs> words. So I'm going I'm going to read I think two paragraphs right now. Um, and it, it's about it's kind of about the Samsung thing. So the promote if the promotional connection between the agency and the new album, uh, the new album and the agency were basically they came out r right around the same time. Um, so if the promotional connection between the agency and the new album might seem tenuous. It made sense to one audience, professional athletes. The night the Samsung ad ran during the NBA Finals, CJ McCollum, a guard who was expected to be picked high in the draft, sent out a tweet marveling that Jay-Z had, quote, managed to pitch his album and was probably paid by Galaxy 2. At an interview session the day before the draft, McCollum and other touted prospects spoke admiringly of Carter's marketing savvy. Quote, it's Jay-Z, said Ben McLemore, who was wooed by Rock Nation, as was Nerland's Noel, thought by many to be the draft's top talent. Last week, we're to do baseball phenoms. Yaziel Puig and Yohannes uh, Cespedes. In a radio interview, Carter said he was seeking to get clients, quote, they're just due, as opposed to, quote, half-ass agents or people who robbed them. And then I'm skipping ahead just a little bit. After Cano's signing rumors circulated around baseball of exorbitant endorsement promises and many experienced agents question whether Rock Nation will be able to deliver, Cano's upcoming free agency will be closely watched. Quote, in baseball and the owner's game of player contracts, it's about what you know, not who knows you, Bora said. Fame plays no part. Other agents asked whether Carter was prepared for the recruiting corruption, uh, for the recruiting corruption and grasping families, the 24-hour demands of client service. Sports leagues are legalized cartels with controls on compensation, but there are many other ways to profit from athletes. Iconics has been hinting about, quote, new exciting initiatives to revive Rockaware, and there are market rumors about a sportswear line. Networks in search of content that can't easily be fast-forwarded have been showering even marginal sports like soccer with cash, creating a boom economy. Kevin Lillies, who watched Game 7 of the Finals with Carter, told me if I wanted an idea of what his friend had planned for his sports clients, I should look at the equity-driven deals he's negotiated for himself. Quote, sports is just another piece of a portfolio that he's building to curate culture to challenge the status quo. Why can't they start to make different demands in the sports business? So a few pieces of background. One is that uh, Jay-Z, uh, one of the things that he was, um, you know, that really made him rich early on uh, is that he negotiated a deal with, jeez, um, uh, I forget who his label was at the time, but it was extremely uh, performance bonus driven. The quote, uh, in one of these stories is, you know, they didn't expect us to be big. And so he sold 5 million records of Hard Knock Life, and he sold 21 million records over like a five-year five year period, and he got just a huge cut of that. Um, uh, Cano, shortly after he signed with, uh, with Jay-Z, uh, signed a multi-million dollar endorsement deal with Pepsi to be the face of Pepsi, along with Beyonce. Um, I don't know if that's 
to Jay-Z's credit or not, but it's kind of linked to him. Uh, Ken Griffey Jr., who is probably the most marketed baseball player of our lifetimes by, I would guess, a substantial margin. He was only making like $5 million a year at his, at his very peak in the late 90s in endorsements. So, it's, you know, it's obviously it's been noted that baseball endorsements are not anywhere near basketball endorsements or even, you know, really football endorsements. I mean, Jordan was making $35 million a year at the time. And, uh, you know, Griffey, this like kind of legendary, iconic baseball player in the prime of his career and, um, you know, appealing to multiple demographics, was only making five. So, you know, if you think of it from the perspective of, um, A, uh, really changing the, uh, the way that baseball players market themselves outside of the sport, that could be mm-hmm. significant. I don't, I mean, there's, there's multiple layers of significance that we probably can't even imagine, but, you know, that might be significant. And if you're talking about contract stuff, if the Jay-Z model is to, um, uh, you know, to, to build equity-driven deals, the equivalent would be to be much more aggressive about um, actually the player negotiating performance demands. And so, I mean, right now we think about uh, bonuses usually as a way for teams to uh, limit their risk on guys who are risky. But if players were, I mean, it's it's just a math problem in either direction. If players took control of that and started making it so that they ha- they could kind of um, uh, have, a, I don't know, sort of scale their success to a much higher degree. I mean, we talked we talked about whether it's conceivable that we'll ever see a player go one year at a time instead of taking the discount on a long-term deal. Um, you know, it's conceivable that the Jay-Z model might be, to, you know, for Cano to take a one-year $40 million contract or something like that. I don't know. So there was a, there was a, a quote from Boris about endorsements in the Kresnik piece, and he seems to say that... Uh, that there isn't as much potential for endorsement deals in baseball as there is in basketball or other sports. Now it could just be that he is out of touch and he's behind the seat, behind the times and he doesn't see the potential that someone like Jay-Z could see. He says marketing is completely different in baseball than if you're a model or a musician or even a basketball or football player. It requires tremendous knowledge of the industry and the player to do this correctly. If you don't do it correctly, Anything you make in marketing will serve as a loss of hundreds of millions in what a player can earn contractually. The idea being that baseball is such a grind, the season is so long, uh, players don't have the desire or they don't have the time to go on photo shoots or you know video shoots or whatever whatever endorsement deals require. Um, and then there are you know quotes from like Matt Holiday saying, "I have kids and I'm playing all the time and." And I don't have time to do endorsements. Not that, not that companies are knocking down the door to have Matt Holiday be their pitchman. But uh, he says Scott has a great marketing team, and they tell you they can get you some side money. But the one thing he stresses is you can make a ton of money as a great baseball player. So worry about being the best player you can be. They don't necessarily want their clients flying around the country doing commercials in the off season. That's a great opportunity to work on your game and your body to make sure you're ready to endure 162 games at the highest level. So, I, again, maybe he's not seeing the potential to make tons of money. Maybe maybe Jay-Z right, yeah. can go to Robinson Cano and say, well, Scott Boris says you can't make hundreds of million dollars in endorsements and also be a productive player. I say you can, and I know better than he does because of my experience doing X, Y, and Z. So... And maybe that could be a, a persuasive pitch for some players. 
Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the smart money is always to bet on not much change, right? I mean, the, the, the grand idea of some future where we all have flying cars is usually the long shot. Um, so probably he won't revolutionize the game or anything about it. Um, but I just think that there's, that um, you know, the, the whole point is that um, this is the sort of thing that you would have said about every, every avenue where Jay-Z has done something different and made a ton of money in it. I mean, I'm going to read again. Uh, I mean, so, okay, so uh, Jay-Z had a book called, I think, uh, Decoded that came out like three years ago. So Spiegel and Grau had paid seven figures for the rights to the book, but the editor had only $50,000 budgeted for marketing. Quote, I was shocked, Carter's longtime business manager, John Manile, told the authors of a Harvard Business School study. I thought she was missing a couple of zeros. So the imprint approached Dragos, a innovative advertising agency, which came up with the idea of hiding pages of the book all over the world. Fans could look for them via Bing, the new search engine from Microsoft, which covered the $2 million cost of the campaign. Even so, Carter insisted on approval of every detail from the wording of clues to the size of Bing's logo. And I mean, there's sort of three really crucial elements to that anecdote that packed in there. One is that they turned a $50,000 budget into a $2 million budget, which is like a massive, massive difference. Two is that um, they did it uh, kind of in a synergistic way so that they didn't actually have to pay for it themselves. And three is that the last part, which is really the significant one, because again, I've all along been thinking Jay-Z is probably not actually a part of any of this, because he's really, really, really busy, and I know how busy even normal busy people are, so when you start talking about a person who is that busy, you figure he can't possibly have any time to add anything, but the insisted on approval of every detail from the wording of clues to the size of things logo makes you think that, you know, like his presence might actually be significant, that it's not simply the power. Um, the other thing is that, like, the fact that it, there's sort of this weird, there's this weird situation where Jay-Z himself is like kind of a, a microcosm of what he's promising the players. Basically, you, I think of Robinson Cano already as much more marketable than I did six mm -hmm. months ago because of, of the connection to Jay-Z. There's something exclusive about his client list, for one thing. It's very elite players. I mean, he got Kevin Durant, for Pete's sake. He's only got five guys. And you know, one of them is the you know, third best player in baseball, and one of them is the second best player in basketball, and one of them is the best player in WNBA. And you know, he's he's like a, he he gets these superstar guys, and so uh, just by being associated with Jay Z, he's kind of showing the power of mm -hmm. brand, and he is meanwhile then selling them on being a brand. He's you know, it, it's it's like this like double layer thing where he. He's saying, you know, this is what I confer upon you, and you will have that to confer upon others, uh, you know, in, in your own way. So it's like, um, I don't know, it's it's interesting. It'll be interesting to see whether he dilutes that by signing, like if he signs Cespedes, you know, it would work for Cespedes, but would it kind of water down the effect on mm -hmm. Cano a little bit? And you wonder whether he does better if he only has like six or seven guys at, at any given time or athletes mm -hmm. at any given time. Yeah, I, I wonder whether there's the kind of potential for baseball players to cash in like other athletes have just a for some of the reasons that we've mentioned like the fact that the season is so long and there's not so much free time but just I, I don't know baseball fans are older right so maybe they're not kind of in the desirable demographics for certain products uh there are probably I guess fewer of them watching baseball on tv regularly than say football has certainly and just 
I don't know. Isn't it like, I mean, isn't, doesn't David Stern get a lot of credit for kind of turning the NBA into a star driven league? That's, that's something that he sort of did. And, and I wonder whether that is even possible in baseball because I don't know, just in terms of FaceTime, just in terms of how often you see a player, it's not, you know, five guys on the floor or whatever, where one guy's getting the ball constantly. It's, you're you're one of nine yeah. guys. You you come up now and then. You're not the guy who always gets the ball in the big spot because you you get the bat whenever yeah. you happen to be up in the batting order. So you don't. I mean. Yeah. And and most of the time you're indistinguishable from the other right. hitters. I mean, you you stand out. Oh, you know, every twentieth plate <laughs> appearance you do something different. It's not like LeBron. LeBron takes over the game. Every, LeBron takes over every single right. game at some point. Like if you turn on a game to watch LeBron. You can do it any game and, and, and do that. With Cano, you're going to get like, I don't know, 14 good games a year or something where he actually looks any different than you know the other right. guys around him. I mean, that's what makes that's what makes sort of David Ortiz. Even if you hit a home uh, run, you, so incredible, you round the bases and you go back into the dugout. No one sees you for a while. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, yeah, that seems fair. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that does, that seems relevant. It, that seems more relevant than the uh we're yeah. too busy um yeah part of it yeah so i mean they they do find time to record an awful <laughs> lot of uh local local radio ads <laughs> yeah that's true car dealerships and um yeah so <laughs> so, so i don't know maybe yeah maybe just being associated with him gives kind of a, a bump to certain clients but i don't know if it could be a a really industry changing thing unless he does something so out of the box that we're not even thinking about it and just ties in baseball players with all sorts of other products and maybe other sports and just brings them all together kind of under his umbrella. Um, then the other thing that I guess would be a concern if you were deciding whether you wanted him to represent you was just sort of whether, whether he has the time to devote his attention fully to you. And that's kind of the angle that that Boris pushes sort of without without directly mentioning Jay-Z in this Krasnick piece. He takes some shots at him and he says, if Steven Spielberg walked into USC Medical Center and said, I want to do neurosurgery, they don't give him a scalpel, <laughs> which is pretty good <laughs> Boris quote. And he also, you know, and then he talks about how his agency is 24-7 baseball. They don't do other sports. If you call him at any time of day or night, you know he's he's focusing on baseball clients and that's all he does. Whereas, like, you know, and, and he puts in his annual appearance at the winter meetings where he strides through the lobby and the waves part for him to pass. And then he does an incredible press conference with great quotes and everything. And, and clients know that he's there. He's on the scene meeting with GMs and everything. Whereas, as Krasnick points out, Jay-Z will be on tour in California at the winter meeting. So unless he's mm-hmm. flying back yeah. and forth, he's not going to be a constant presence. So, uh, you know, so that's maybe something that would give you pause if, if you're someone like Cano, who's, who's about to sign the most important contract of your life. And, and your agent is kind of, you know, on stage or recording an album or not really focusing on you and just sort of has subordinates taking care of the actual, business stuff then maybe that's something that would give you pause but then there's one more quote and this will be the last thing i read uh from a an unnamed prominent baseball agent 
who basically says sort of what you were saying. This guy is mega wealthy and uber successful. He's probably negotiated his own deals with record executives who are more cutthroat than any GM of a baseball team. You want to talk about big business, that's big business. This isn't rocket science. The guys at CAA have put a ton of time into it and know every variable and every contract constructed. They have that template laid. Sure, there are certain nuances in negotiating in this environment, and JC has none of them, but I don't think he's going to have any problem getting his phone calls returned. That is that is exactly my what I wish I could have said in words because that that is exactly right. I mean, the, this is not this is not film directing and neuroscience. This is hustling and hustling. There are two kinds of hustling, and clearly there is uh, there is training that is required to do each different type of hustling. Uh, but the skill set is primarily, you know, I I would guess the skill set has a lot of overlap. Yeah, I agree. So it'll be interesting to watch. It will be interesting to watch. It will be partly interesting to watch to see if Jay-Z is actually involved. And then it will be really interesting to watch to see whether he can, uh, he can, he can do it. So, uh, all right. Well, I'm glad we, I'm glad and we And if anything, it's out. probably just more bad news for the, the little agent, right? Without the giant agency. I don't know whether it's a, a direct threat to Boris because, I, you know, he might miss out on a high-end client every now and then or someone like Cano might leave him for Jay-Z. But I would guess there's probably enough of the elite talent to go around. Um, but it's probably bad news for the, the little guy who already has trouble attracting clients because he doesn't have the same infrastructure to offer and the same sort of, you know, giant organization with all the amenities and and all the attention and everything and just kind of has to has to sell a client on I'm going to give you the best service because I don't have as many clients or you know that kind of angle uh maybe that's bad news for the little guy and it's just more and more big guys taking larger slices of the pie I, I, I anticipate that someone is going to have heard at the beginning of the show when I said something along the lines of Jay-Z is not particularly relevant or doesn't move units anymore or something like that and, and uh, contradict me. So I'll just acknowledge off the top that I, I was probably wrong about that and, and I appreciate you're, your concern. You're speaking artistically about his recent musical output. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Actually, I don't, I don't quite know. I don't know. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so All right. you can... Be sending us emails uh, at. How many how many Jay Z records do you have? Ben? Uh, I have a bunch actually. I I admire the man, and his his work. What's your What's your favorite? Uh, I'm a Black Album guy. Yeah. Oh really? Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so this... not my not my favorite. Never 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 emotionally moved me. That would be probably like a. a it probably, probably a distant number three uh-huh. for me. What what is yours? Uh, Reasonable doubt would be my my favorite, and and uh, blueprint would be mm-hmm. number two. Good choices. All right. Uh, so send us emails. You know what I love. You know what I did like. I liked uh, I liked uh, the the unplugged. That's a good. That's a that's an underrated classic right there. The MTV unplugged Don't with have the roots. Oh, uh, you gotta you gotta get it. It's on I the internet. Look into it. Uh, podcast at baseballperspectus.com. We will be back tomorrow.